You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. primary character of the text is Job. And um, I want you to notice what the Bible has to say about Job, specifically his character. Consider Job the first chapter and the first verse. It says, there was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. Now notice he was blameless. That simply means that He was not known for practicing sin. For practicing doing the wrong things. He was was blameless. Then he was upright. He was a holy man. A just man. A man that lived according to the word of God. And he shunned evil. He wouldn't go to the wrong places. He did not care if other folk were going to the strip club. He wouldn't go. He wouldn't go to the strip club. He he shunned evil. But the primary thing I want you to get about him in this first verse is that he was a man that feared God. He feared God. Now let's, let's look at what that means from a biblical standpoint. By going first to the book of our Psalm, the, 11, the 111th chapter, and we're going to look at the 10th verse. Psalm 111. Job feared God. So let's get a biblical definition about what it is to fear God. Matter of fact, we're going to get two, but I want you to notice uh, the first one in Psalm 111. And verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So basically, a person that fears God based upon the definition is a wise person. I'm going to give you one definition of being wise. The reception and application of knowledge and understanding. The reception and, help me, of, and, and especially knowledge and understanding that comes from the Lord. Now you want knowledge and understanding about a number of things, but you especially want it from God. You agree. Let's go to uh, Proverbs, the first chapter. We're going to look at another connotation of um, wisdom, a person that fears God. Ready? Proverbs 1 and 7. The fear of the Lord is beginning of what? The fear of the Lord is beginning of what? But, but I want you to focus on the latter part. But... Fools despise wisdom and instruction. A fool does not fear God because a fool despises wisdom and wisdom is the beginning or the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. If I am a person of wisdom, I am going to fear God, which is to worship God. But if I am not a person of wisdom, I am a fool. And so I need to define fool based upon that, also based upon the Bible. Consider Psalm 14. 
Psalm 14 and 1. Let's, let's define a fool. Psalm 14 and 1. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And notice how it bears witness with what I just said. Or with the scriptures that I just gave you. The fool has said in his heart, there is what? Now notice has said in his, in his heart. His heart represents his choices. His mindset. Feelings. Speech. And so forth. Fool has said in his heart. There is. And the fool doesn't think anybody is right. Because notice as we continue in the verse. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. Being a fool is not the thing to be in 2016. Being wise is what we need to be. Is that true? Now, back in Job 2, 9 and 10, again, the primary character is Job. And, and we know from Job 1 and 1, that he was a blameless man, an upright man, a man that shunned evil, and a man that feared God. Even though he was a person of wisdom, he was not above temptation. Even though he strived to do what was right, the Lord still allowed Satan to tempt him to do wrong. Moreover, he allowed Satan to attack him with a fiery trial. Now in Job 1 and 2, when you consider the fiery trial that he went through, he lost property and possessions that were extremely valuable. His children were killed. And his health turned for the worse. Would you classify that as a fiery trial? He lost valuable possessions and property his children were killed and his health turned for the worse would you consider that a fiery trial let me see by a show of hands now understand this in the book of first peter 4 and 12 it says think it not strange concerning the fiery trial Biblically, when it comes to a fiery trial, first of all, fiery represents something that is, is hot. And hot in a figurative sense is, is something that will move you. Something that will influence you. A fiery trial will motivate, influence, or push you to do either the right thing or the wrong thing. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of us, when we got on a fiery trial, we did the wrong thing. We said the wrong thing. We thought the wrong thing. Any true folk in here? And that's the reason Peter warned the churches of Asia Minor don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial because a fiery trial will try to move you. But fiery also represents something that is, or someone that is intensely impetuous. Basically, it says about a person that's going through a fiery trial and not handling it in the manner that he or she should, the person will begin to think, say, and do things 
in a hasty manner. All of a sudden you, you, you're saying something based upon what you're going through. Thinking something going based upon what you're going through. Not really using wisdom to deal with the problem, but allowing your emotions of what you're going through to dictate to you the steps you should take. And, and again, that's the reason Peter said, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. Now when Job lost his property and possessions, when his children were killed and when his health turned for the worse, it was going to reveal whether or not he was living by faith or by sight. When you go through fiery trials, it's going to say to you as well as to others whether you're walking by faith or whether you're walking by sight. Some of us have been showed up. Some of us, after having a fiery testimony, proved that it was primarily taught. Say to your neighbor, you can't just talk this thing. You got to walk it. You can't just possess knowledge and understanding. You have to walk in the wisdom that God imputes in your spirit, especially when everything that can go wrong is taking place in your life. And, and Job, in the midst of all that he was going through, did not think crazy, did not talk crazy, and did not do crazy things. He held on to his integrity. He's an example for the church. He's an example for leadership. He's an example for men. He's an example for husbands. He's an example for a person that says he or she loves God. Even though you go through fiery trial, you still have to hold on to your integrity. You still have to do the right thing. The secondary character in the text, or in Job 2, 9, and 10, is his wife. Personally, I don't believe he married a fool. Based upon how he reacted to her when she said something foolish. It surprised him. But I want you to notice that first when it, when it comes to his wife, she knew that her husband was going through a fiery trial. No question about that. And so, she first of all asked him a question. Notice the question. Do you still, y'all help me, Are you sticking to what you believe to be right? Are you holding on to being blameless, upright? Are you still shunning evil? And most of all, are you still 
fearing God or walking in divine wisdom? That's what she asked him. I believe she asked him knowing that that's exactly what he was doing. She didn't see no difference, but she asked him anyhow. You know how it is. Sometimes we'll just ask a person something even though we, we know. But the second thing she did is that she didn't just tell him something. She exclaimed something to him. Notice in the text, it's clear that she exclaimed something to him. In that we see the explanation point. Which says about her, in one sense, that she cried out when she spoke. Or when she said to him, curse God and die. Second, it says about her that she had got full, as the old folk call it, and she had to say what she was feeling. Have you ever been there? Have, have you ever just got fooled because you're fed up with this, that, and the other, and you just have to say what you're feeling? And say to your neighbor, sometime what we're feeling, it ain't right. Woo! Good. God from Zion. You better tell one more person sometime what we feeling. The Bible says, get this, a fool will vent all of his feelings. And some of us have played the seat of a fool. We have been befitting a fool because we have gotten full, we have gotten fed up, and we said some stuff we didn't have no business saying. You're quiet, pastors, but I know you've been guilty. You're quiet, deacons, but I know you've been guilty. You're quiet over there, elders, but I know you've been guilty. Come on here, senior ministers. I know you've been guilty. Who ready to help me preach this thing a little bit? Just ask somebody close to you, have you ever got fooled and said something? You had no business saying we know you the great one. We know you this, that, and the other. But come on, clean tonight. Have you ever got mad? Have you ever got fooled and said something? You hate it, you said. Man, I done said some stuff. I'd be like, oh, God, why in the world did I say that? I never should have said that. What in the world are they going to think about me for saying? Say to your neighbor, the woman got full. And she started speaking something. Based upon her feelings. But she was speaking like a fool. And some of us, don't we are saved, sanctified, holy, ghost, feel. There are times we get fooled. There are times we get to go into trials and tribulations. And we don't like what we see. We don't like how it feels. And we utter things out of our mouth. We have no business saying. Good God, if I'm right, tell somebody he right about it. Joe! <laughs> Could have got foolish with her. And that's how some of us mess up. When, when somebody come to us with foolish stuff, we'll turn around and get foolish with them. He could have cursed her out right then. 
Oh, you done open up the door to being foolish. You let me come through the door with you then. Say to your say to your neighbor, I don't care who get foolish with you. Don't you go through the same door. You better preach that a little bit harder. Tell them, don't you go through that same door. See, see, you got to understand, Job lived what he preached. And, and seemingly he understood that as a man he was the stronger vessel because you know the Bible calls the woman the weaker vessel. That's not putting the woman down. That's just what God defines her as in one sense when it comes to the scripture. Job had to remain in the headship position. See, see, it's just like when it when it comes to the church, when when, when the pastor gets foolish, like the like some of the members, the, the church is in trouble. When when a leader of the ministry get foolish, like some of the folk in the ministry, the church is in trouble. When mature saints start acting like baby saints, the church is in trouble. You cannot allow yourself to allow a person or a situation to cause you to think, say, or do the wrong thing. And so Job had to preach, had to teach his own wife. And if Job would have took a text, I believe he would have called it. Don't hang with the wrong folk. Say to your neighbor, do not hang. Because notice his response. In verse 10, Job 2 and 10. You speak as one of the foolish women speaks. The implication? You've been hanging around a fool. Matter, matter of fact, Specifically, you've been hanging around fools when you consider the tax. Say to your neighbor, whoever you hang with, you're going to be influenced by. Not me. Yeah, you. Get this. Especially when, when you're going through trying times. When you're going through trying times, you don't need to get, you don't need to get tangled up with no fool. You don't need to be calling up no crazy folk when you're going through trials and tribulation. You don't need to be hanging with nobody that's got one foot in the church and the other foot God knows well. Say to your neighbor, you don't need to be hanging with nobody. They're straddling the fence when you're going through trials and tribulation. You don't need to be in no church where somebody ain't preaching the truth when you are going through trials and tribulation. You don't need to be in no religious house that they call a church when you're going through trials and tribulation. You need to be somewhere where the anointing of God is high and is flowing because it is the anointing of God that causes yokes to be destroyed and the saints of God to be empowered. He attacked the people that she had been hanging around. 
He identified her problem. Your problem, hon, is that you have been hanging with the foolish women. And if you hang with foolish folk, you're going to talk foolish. Say to your neighbor, you got to have some business about yourself when it comes to who you hang with. You're going to jump in the car with somebody you barely know. You're going you gonna to go out of town with somebody that don't even know you. You better get you. Listen, listen to this. He knew that she was talking like the devil. Let me show you something. Look at Job 1, and we'll start at verse 10. Now remember, she wanted her husband to curse God and what? Now consider Job 1 and 10. Now this is what Satan was saying to the Lord. He says, have you not made a hedge around him, or Job, around his household, his family, including his wife, and around all that he has on every side. You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch all that he has and he will surely help me. And see that's what Job's wife wanted Job to do. Curse God and die. See when you hang around foolish folk sooner or later the devil or demons are going to start influencing you there is no way around it as soon as you start hanging with foolish folk I'm going to tell you again the devil or demons are going to start influencing you Satan told God Joe was going to curse him to his face and then Joe's wife tells him curse God and die. Do you see the connection? She was talking like she had been hanging with the devil when in actuality she was with women, foolish women that were being used by the devil. Say to your neighbor, believe it or not, not. the devil devil uses people. people. The devil uses preachers. I ain't talking, I ain't just talking jack leg preachers. I'm talking professional preachers. Satan ministers, according to the Bible, will transform themselves into angels. Of light. Light. They'll start speaking the word, but it's something behind it. They'll speak something in order to dupe a person. But but demons nor Satan can keep it clean of scripture because Satan according to John 8 and 44, is not only a liar, but the father of lies. He's going to have to tell a lie sooner or later. And when you start hanging with foolish folk, you will start imitating demons, the devil, sooner or later. And get this, and still be in the church. You've been hanging with the foolish women. Let's take it further. Let's go to Proverbs 18. Second verse. Listen to this. A fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his or or her own And see, Job's wife had taken the seat of a fool and started expressing 
her feelings, what was in her heart. She didn't try to sit down with her husband and get an understanding, clear up things. She just started speaking her feelings. See, when you are a person of understanding, you're a person that want to do the right thing, you're going to try to clear up foolishness. You hear me? And see, that's the reason Job started speaking understanding to his wife. Look at, look at, look at the latter part of Job 2 and 10. Go back there. He said to her, shall we indeed accept good from God and shall we not accept adversity or trouble? See, in this Christian walk, it's going to be good and it's going to be trouble. Now, now, the amazing thing about God, God will bless you with better in the midst of your trials. Oh, some of us going through a trial right now, but better still happening. You ought to shout, he talking about me. Shout it to a neighbor, he talking about me. Matter of fact, make it plain, I'm going through a trial. But better is still here. Am I talking about you? You have to understand, just because you are a child of God, If you allow people, especially foolish folk, or you allow a demon, you can be just, but still talking crazy. I'm going to show you examples in the Bible, and then I'm going to be done. Let's go to Genesis. Y'all stay with me. I'm going to show you these examples. I told you it's going to be like a Bible study tonight. Genesis 3. How many know that when God created Adam and Eve, he created them perfect? And they were godly. When he created them, the only one they knew was him. But, but consider Genesis 3. And nine, after Adam and Eve had been hanging with the serpent. And consider their talk. Genesis 3 and 9. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Now, now notice this. He had been hanging with the wrong person and now all of a sudden he don't even want to be in the presence of God. The first sign to a, to a saint of God hanging with the wrong folk is he or she don't even want to come to church. Don't even want to be in the presence of God. How in the world are you not coming to church? Look at what he said. I hear myself. Y'all holding on? Y'all ready? Let me read that again. 10th verse. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden. And I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I, notice, commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, now, now notice I ain't talking like a fool. The woman whom you gave me, or you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree. And get this, I ate. 
Now look at what happens. He opened up the door to the blame game. Y'all know what the blame game is. It wasn't your fault, so you're going to blame. Thirteen verse. And the Lord said to the woman, what is this you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. They never admitted their, their guilt. You got folk like that in the church. You got pastors like that in the church. You got deacons like that in the church. You got elders like that in the church. You got leaders like that in the church. You got... A lot of folk like that in the church. Ask your neighbor, have you ever been like that? Numbers, the 12th chapter. Y'all stay with me. Numbers 12, we'll start at verse 1. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. So they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now, now they're going to bring up foolish stuff. Get this. Because of who somebody married. You know that ain't right. But who heard it? Now, notice in parentheses. Now, the man Moses was very armor, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. And suddenly the Lord said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, Come out, come out, you three, to the tabernacle of meeting. So the three came out. Then the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle called Aaron and Miriam. And they both went forward. Then he said, Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I'm the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my what? I speak with him face to face. Even plainly, not in dark saying, and he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant? Moses. If, if they were not afraid or didn't have any fear, it says that they were operating in foolishness. And see, we do the same thing sometimes. We touch an anointing with our mouth, and that's a dangerous place to be in. Because when you touch something that's anointed of God, then God will step in and deal with you personally. That's the reason you, you have to be careful. Now, now and, and what I love about the text, Moses was not wrong. They, they had no reason to attack Moses. Had no reason to attack Moses. Notice even it states about him that he was a man that was basically clothed with humility. He had to be clothed with humility because here in the text it talks about him being more humble than any other man. Get this, on the face of the earth. Man, that's saying something right there. Now you especially don't want to mess with nobody who don't who don't fight who don't want to who won't fight you back. They'll just stick to the word. Y'all getting this? Can we go further? Let's go to Psalm seventy-eight. Say to your neighbor, he's going to a lot of scripture. 
Because he told us it was going to be just like a Bible study. But he at the corner, so just hold on. Psalm 78, we're going to start at verse 18. This is talking about Israel. Now notice, they tested God in their heart by asking for the food of their fancy. Yes, they spoke. Help me. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Is that foolish talk? Say to your neighbor, God can do anything, save, fail. You believe we're in a season of better? Say to your neighbor, yes. God can do anything, save, fail. Now give him another scripture. Surely the Lord God will do nothing. He revealed his secret unto his servants, the prophets. And tell them that's Amos 3 and 7. And if God told the prophet better is here and better is coming, that means better is and better is. But notice, you had foolish folks asking the question, can God prepare this in the wilderness? Breaking it down, can God give us a miracle? Can God give us meat and it ain't no cows out here in the wilderness? Can God give us bread and ain't no place to plant no wheat out here in the wilderness? Say to your neighbor, it it does not matter what's in your house or what is not in your house. If God tell you he going to do something. Prepare yourself. Because he going to do it. Because he can do anything save faith. Good God that's good preaching. When you preach to two folk. God can do anything save faith. So don't get to talking foolish when God tell you he getting ready to do things that your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard, neither have entered into your heart because he can do anything save what? Let's go further. Let's go to the book of Acts. Y'all staying with me? Let's go to the book of Acts. And we're going to look at the fifth chapter. The book of Acts, the fifth chapter. And, and we're, we're seeing folks that were godly that were speaking foolish. We looked at Adam and Eve. We've looked at Miriam and Aaron. And we have looked at the children of Israel. But consider here, folk in the church, here in Acts, the fifth chapter. I'm going to start at the first verse. A certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And he kept back part of the proceeds. He a thief. His wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to what? To who? And keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. Now notice how it skips from what happened and, and it tells us, it does not tell us the lie all of what he said but it does tell us that he lied is it not foolish to lie in the house of God say to your neighbor the the one place you don't need to be lying is in the house of God I'm going to tell you something preachers the biggest lies that come forth in the house of God are in the pulpit. That's sad, isn't it? It, it? it amazes me how preachers can say things out of the pulpit and have nothing to validate it. Nothing in the scripture to validate it. If God going to say it, he going to validate it. It's going to be according to his word. Y'all believe that? Yeah. 
But it don't stop in the pulpit. You have folk in leadership in the church that are lying about certain things. Some, sometimes there's a lie through giving an excuse that they call a reason. But the bottom line for all of us, if we wrong, we just... Good God, that sound is so good. Tell somebody if we, if we wrong. We just... I'm not going to read the rest of that, but, but understand what happened to Ananias as well as his wife because they both played the fool and lied to the man of God, Peter. They fell dead. Now, you know, normally a pastor going to make sure a home going or something is going to take place. That, that did not happen. Soon as Ananias fell dead, they buried him. And when his wife came in and told the same lie, she fell dead. Let's look at another scripture. Let's go to 1 Timothy. The fourth chapter. Now this speaks about what's going to happen or, or what's actually happened in our day and time. 1 Peter 4. Oh Lord, First Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 4. Go with me. 1 Timothy 4. Verse 1 is where we'll start. 1 Timothy 4 and 1. Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter time some will depart. Help me. Some will what? That's backslide, right? Some will depart from the giving ease to deceiving spirits, doctrines of... But this is what I want you to get in the second verse, the first part. Speaking lies and what? Having their own conscience with what? They will start speaking hypocrisy, breaking it down, speaking foolishness. Speaking foolishness to the point to where it becomes falsehood as well as two-facedness. See, see, when you get in a place of foolishness, there's no telling how you may use your mouth. No telling what kind of words will start to come out of your mouth. Y'all all right? Yeah. Say to your neighbor, you, you see plainly in Scripture how godly folk can speak like fools. And ask them, do you see that? Why do we need to avoid it? I'm going to give you two scriptures and I'm done. Why do we need to avoid being godly and speaking foolish? Two scriptures. First one is in the book of Matthew, the 12th chapter. Matthew, the 12th chapter. And if I'm not mistaken, is is the last verse in the chapter, or the 37th verse. May not be, but let's go there. Matthew 12. No, it's not the last, but notice Matthew 12 and 37. Ready? By your words you will be, and by your words you will be, Breaking it down. Based upon what you say. It's going to tell me you just. Flipping that based upon what you say. Going to tell me whether you unjust. Your words. And see, it, it's not just you doing the religious talk. Or to what somebody want to hear talk. It's when you get in that tight place and, and, and questions are put to you. Then out of your mouth 
you're going to speak like a just or an unjust person out of your mouth. How many know when everything is well, you, you can talk the holy talk? How you doing, sister? God is blessing. Better is here. Better is coming. You got to talk that same talk. I mean, when everything that can go wrong is going wrong. You got to talk that same talk when you done got a bad report from a lawyer, doctor, or whoever. You still have to talk it because God ain't changed. And if God is the God that heals you, he, he is the God that heals you whether you're going through something or not. If God is the God that blesses you, he going to bless you whether you're going through something or not. Final scripture, and I'm not going there, but you can. Proverbs, the 18th chapter, and the 21st verse. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I cannot afford to be speaking death when I need all that God has ordained for me to have. I can't kill my blessings. I need my blessings too too much to kill them. I can't kill brothers and sisters. I need you too much to kill you. Do you hear me? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I love myself too much to hang around you and all you're going to do is talk negative. I love myself too much to hang around you and all you're going to do is be pessimistic. I ain't got time for that type death. Say to your neighbor, you shouldn't either unless you're a fool. And on that note, I'm done. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.